Hello and welcome to our podcast number four with the Perfectly Imperfect duo with myself, Sari and Lily. And today we are going to talk about fear of insanity. <laughs> I think we're both yes. a little bit insane, aren't we at times, Lily? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now I just don't have as much fear about it. <laughs> yeah, insane and proud being yeah Yeah. Um, so yeah where should we start then with this Lily fear of insanity well I've had a lot of not a lot but I've had quite a few people asking that we talk that this is something that we talk about because I've talked about it and it was something for me even before I really experienced disordered anxiety or OCD or anything it was this fear that I had Um, and part of it I think my grandmother had some mental illness and how people talked about her was, oh, she went crazy. Uh, Or like, that's kind of what I'd overhear. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, you know, to hear that as a child or also even as adult, what does going crazy even mean? And so I think the fact that I grew up thinking, and sometimes there would be, oh, talk of like, mental illness was in my genetics or, you know, mental illness would run in my family and thinking this. And so I was my brain, some people could take that, but my brain had a lot of worry and also the unknown, you know, of what does this look like? And I think also how mental illness can be portrayed in the media. Mm-hmm. And I remember similar to that time, I watched this movie called Sybil, which is, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name, but this amazing actress and Sally Fields, Sally Field. Um, and she had multiple personalities in this movie. But to me, it was all these, you know, from that movie to other movies where I would see what insanity looked like to me. It was like so incredibly scary yeah. and also something that you have no control over. And so in my mind, like, well, when, when do I go crazy? So if I ever felt off, yeah. um, you know, either too energetic, a lot of times it would be for me, you know, cause I think with anxiety and excitement, sometimes there can be some similarities of like that. Um, so I had this fear of, oh gosh, what if I go crazy? Um, and not trying to use that word insensitively, but I know a lot of people kind of identify with this fear of going crazy. And that's actually a characteristic of having a panic attack is sometimes feeling like you could lose control in a minute, like you're losing your mind. And when I experienced derealization, which is a, you know, feeling not attached to my surroundings. Sometimes I had depersonalization, feeling like I was like looking into myself. It was like this part of my brain was like, oh, now going crazy is a real possibility. Like it felt like I had somehow like reached this other side, which I know when I've talked about it, a lot of people felt like that when they've had a panic attack or they experienced derealization, it was like nothing was the same after that. Mm-hmm. Also saying that everything's the same and even better now for me many <laughs> years later, but that was a huge kind of like defining moment in my mental health journey. And because I also didn't understand that I didn't understand mental well-being. Um, I didn't understand that there was nothing to fear that there's no like going crazy point of no return. I didn't know that we all have mental health and we can all return back there. And that's our default. But for me, this fear of going crazy, um, played a huge role in kind of relates even what we were talking about for our last episode of holiday stress of like, I don't want this to happen. And then I think my anticipation, anxiety and being so on guard and hypervigilant caused more panic attacks and more feelings of going crazy because I was so in my head. And I didn't, a lot of characteristics like um, 
having like rapid thoughts and looping thoughts and hearing the same thing over and over and over and which just can be characteristics of overstimulation of being highly anxious all of these things like I would worry is this a sign that I'm different I'm broken I'm I'm going crazy and and this big fear and and that was my experience and I could talk about my journey but did, did you ever have a fear of insanity yeah I did and I think the first time I'd ever sort of come across it as an idea or a concept was when I was training as a psychotherapist and in transactional analysis psychotherapy which is the area that I trained in it's talked about as um, people's escape hatches and when we talk about an escape hatch it's like when things are getting really bad in our head like when it feels like something is so overwhelming it's like we have an escape hatch in our mind which takes us to a place of where this ultimately ends which is either death will I kill myself or will I go completely insane and all human beings at some stage will go down that path in their mind that how does this end where does this end and the escape hatch because as crazy as it sounds to think how would going crazy or not being alive anymore feel like an escape but sometimes when things are so overwhelming some people in their head I know for me like I would never have classed myself actually as suicidal because I'd never taken any thoughts ever had any behavior to take me towards those thoughts but I certainly had thoughts at times that if this got so bad the only way I would escape it is to not be here mm -hmm. I had those thoughts too yeah but go on. and I think they're really you know as human beings we have those thoughts and they and as I say in psychotherapy terms they're called escape hatches and I think if we look at it that way, one of the things that has really interested me in when exploring the three principles is one thing I've, I was able to see that I couldn't previously see is that even in those moments, so if our brain feels an escape hatch is to imagine that we're either dead or we're insane, somehow our brain actually on some level believes that that's benefiting us in that moment because it's its way of going, don't worry, Sari, this, this, this will stop at some point whatever that looks like this isn't forever and mm. and for me it's this fear of going insane I would literally imagine myself in a corner in a chair rocking and not being able to verbalize and literally like making noises as if I've gone completely batshit crazy and yeah. for me that was now I see exactly what it was it was a fear that I was losing control mm -hmm. mm. and what I love now and I always say is I don't fear losing control anymore because I don't I can't lose something I don't actually have mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I to me I also think how my understanding is so different I I don't see it as we lose control or I don't see, okay, now we reach this place of more severe mental illness. Oh, that's it. Now you're crazy. And there's no returning back. Um, and I think that was just having understanding the three principles and that we all have mental health inside us now. Sometimes we just don't know it and hearing all of the stories of hope, but also even before that, I got to a good feeling place and that just kind of deepened my journey. And I'm trying to think of like, even what took it away. And I think it was when I realized 
or that when I resisted panic attacks and I was so hyper vigilant of anything that seemed like I was going to lose control, you know, or all these little, little like, which looked like cues to me that a panic attack, which involved derealization, which to me was like, so tied in with this fear of insanity, um, you know, my arms starting to tingle or my thoughts starting to speed up, or just like my brain feeling weird or me feeling like, and then I'd be like, <gasps> you know, and then it was like this kind of a fast path. And it was like, okay, now here's the help on the slide. And I'm right down to feeling crazy. When, if I noticed that it was like, oh, it, nothing to resist, nothing to worry about. If anything, it was like, oh, just a signal to kind of step back and, and get out of the way, because then I would return to balance that there was, I wasn't going to lose control. If anything, I was just, my thoughts were going to move on, yeah. you know, before I'd be so like, Oh, what's going to happen. And is it going to go? And now I, I, I very rarely ever have the thought of, am I going to go crazy? But if I start to feel weird, I don't think much of it. And then next thing I know, I'm like watching a TikTok and making something to eat and thinking something else. And it was yeah. so exciting to realize like, wait, something that could seem so scary. My thoughts could flow. You know, I thought could come. I didn't do anything. And then I had new thoughts and then I had new feelings and this fear of insanity was really unfounded. But what I also think is exciting now that I, I think when I had an understanding of the three principles and, and how we work and also how I was never broken and I had nothing to fear and that I would always come back into balance, um, that just, allowed me to most of the time stay in a, a good feeling place. But I remember a story and it makes me think of what you were talking about, how universal mind is always, always taking care of us and why some people actually do reach di different places regarding their mental well-being. And Dr. Pettit was sharing about a woman who he treated, who um, was kind of having, I guess, what would be like a, a schizophrenic break. Um, but she had pretty severe postpartum depression. And then in her religion, they kept saying she just keep having, she had to keep having children. Her husband was in the Navy. And so they, she had so, I don't know, maybe five children. And then again, he was shipped off, but she was pregnant again. And she had this baby and she had really severe postpartum depression and she was doing it all on her own. I think this was the seventies. And so she wasn't maybe getting as much help as she could have, or she didn't ask for help. I think it's, and I probably not doing the story justice, but, and then she had a thought kind of the, this escape hatch thought, a version of it, kill the baby, um, which yeah. I think is, and, and so, but she didn't, it was like her worst fear. So then her brain made her think that the baby was her younger brother who had died because it's like, okay, actually now you're never going to hurt this baby because it's your brother. Yeah. So that worked for a good few weeks. But then again, the depression came and she had the thought, kill the baby. And then her brain, you know, went to the, our universal mind, like went to the next level and was like, this is the baby Jesus. And you are its mother, Mary, because then you're never going to hurt that baby. And that's when somebody found her kind of naked rocking this baby. And that's when Dr. Pettit came in and she became his patient and he helped her get to a place of well-being. And before that story would have scared the shit out of me. So I apologize <laughs> if anyone's listening. Here. Why are you saying that horrible story? That's my first year. But now I see it as, wow, look yeah. at this universal mind. Look at this, that our, our entire being not only has our back, but has our loved ones back, that it is willing to create this whole 
different universe. And, and somebody else might look at that and see, oh, but she was kind of brought down the ladder on mental illness. But she she did it so she could survive that moment. Or not she did it because it wasn't a conscious thing. But the universal mind is always benevolent, always beneficent, taking these, you know, steps to keep us alive and to keep our from that, you know, a baby, which is an extension of its mother. And then she returned to a place of mental which well-being. It was always there, wasn't it? It was always yeah. there, but she'd been so scared and taken herself from that. And, and again, that's just a wonderful example of how even in, in moments of psychosis and extreme mental disturbance, the brain, our mind is still doing its very best to protect us and to help us survive really awful things and you know for me that is just it's phenomenal that that's how it works it's just the things that scare us and yet realizing so like you that story would have also scared the shit out of me because I would have thought I'm, the, I'm next but I think <laughs> it's realizing actually yeah like her brain was protecting us so I think I don't know if it was on a podcast episode or if it was in my membership I was talking recently about when I had an operation and then um it was years, a few years ago, and I had my gallbladder removed. And when I came out, I was really physically weak for a few couple of weeks. But for the first few days, I felt really, every time I stood up, I felt really lightheaded. And I went to the toilet and I must have got up from the toilet too quick. So I passed out and came round and I didn't like that. I was then like, oh my God, why, why is this happening? And what's going to happen next? And am I really, is there something wrong with me? And my sister, who was a nurse, just said, it's just your body's way of resetting your blood pressure by taking you down to the ground. I thought, God, isn't that amazing that something that I see as really disturbing, fainting, is actually my body taking care of me to reset me. And I believe that these escape hatches and these scary places that we sometimes go to in our head is the same as me fainting after an operation. It's my, it's the mind's way of resetting and going, stop, you can't continue like this yes yeah it's signals or love letters as dr pettit would say yeah. it's just this hey yeah, yeah it's, it's back to that equilibrium of actually something has to give here and as scary as those kind of imagining those escape hatches and, and as you said like with that lady with the baby it's not just the idea of killing ourselves it could also be about harming other people um is is our brain's way of in a in a, in a weird way letting us know that we can cope with whatever is thrown at us. Yeah, yeah. And that we're, I mean, and kind of taking hers aside, because there is other stuff too, that we're innocently misusing the gift of thought, you know, in, in our examples of talking about um, how serious, you know, the pressure that we're putting on ourselves or how serious we're taking our thoughts or our life that, you know, I know for me, panic attacks and derealization were, I would never would have thought it at the time were love letters, letting me know that I was innocently, you know, misusing the gift of thought of freaking myself out, taking all of my anxious thoughts so seriously and really kind of changed my perception of the world and that I needed to just get out of my own way. Because when I was using my intellect to try to like be hypervigilant and resist or catch things early or think my way out of it, um, that it was, it was a huge wake up call. And now I'm grateful that it led me to the three principles and a deeper understanding of like my innate well being. And if there are people listening and they're like, well, 
because I know that sometimes when I would listen to three principle stuff, which I love so much now, I'm like, where's my takeaway? You know? Um, okay. But, um, I'm experiencing this and you're not really telling me how do I feel better? Um, and I don't, I think that's the beautiful thing about the three principles that when you come and you listen and listen from your heart and you try not, you don't need to try to grasp it. Cause I do remember somebody saying, trying to understand the three principles is like trying to grab onto a bar of soap where the harder you grab and it's like, just flies out. So to kind of <laughs> with an open heart or, you know, in that example, just open hands. And so, but I also think it's sometimes nice to, okay, if there was, I guess I was thinking, what would I say to me when I was really afraid? Um, and well, it also makes me think of, this is, I just had a woman who I worked with, we met almost a year ago and she had um, a fear of schizophrenia. It was like one of her themes that she went through with OCD. And then she got to a good feeling place even before this happened, but she recently met a woman who has schizophrenia, has a diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia. And she's not anything like this woman was picturing in her mind, kind of when you were saying, oh, I'm in the corner and it would be me too. Like I would picture myself in a very stereo or like however the movies portrayed a mental hospital, you know, me like with a straight jacket and and like just mad at crazy rocking in the corner. And, And I think it's such a disservice. It's so not how this ladder of mental well-being, um, and so this woman, this is such a longer story, met this woman who has this diagnosis that she had a period of, of just fearing completely. And she's like, oh, you know, she's hundred percent normal. She's like, I love her. She's so great. And, and she said this, this is what I was afraid of. So I think sometimes it, that we, we don't understand, um, these diagnoses that, well, we're only yeah. seeing our version of it, aren't we? And it was, it was funny actually that, because I had a similar experience to that woman where many years ago I was watching a program on the TV about um, people with Tourette's. Mm-hmm. And I remember just watching it innocently, not having any thoughts about it at all. And then I got about three quarters of the way through and I just had a random thought, like, imagine if you got Tourette's. So then I started Googling, like, is Tourette's um, hereditary? What age can you get it? All of this and whatever. I can't remember what came up, but I realized I could get Tourette's. I could end up with Tourette's at any point. And I spent the next few hours so concerned about the fact that what if I got Tourette's? How would I cope? My life would be over. I couldn't work the way I work. couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And... Now, when I look back, I think, what an absolute dis- disservice I was doing to those people on that show who were actually showing, yes, they had Tourette's, but they had amazing personalities, they had lives that they were able to enjoy and relationships, and yet all I was focusing on is the part of it that I would hate to have and never want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was like, for me, that's like a version of fear of insanity because it's like, it felt which basically shows me it's all about things we don't feel we have control over that might just happen to us. And then what do we do about that? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I also think what I know now so much with anxiety and OCD, it's, it's anxiety. It's not a more severe diagnosis, you know, it's not, but it can feel like that because you know, we've had a stress response and our levels are, you know, our kind of chemical balance, like makes us feel really off, you know, and we can have these racing thoughts and we can be over aware 
of our thought process and of sounds and of flashes, you know, cause sometimes it just happens like things that we might not be aware of because we're present, we're enjoying our life. Now we're like, did you hear that sound? Did you see that light? And our thoughts get looping and, you know, we have adrenaline surging through us and all these things that we can think, check, check, check. Is this insanity? No, it's anxiety. You know, no, it's, it's, it's a stress response. Um, and I think, oh, I, I didn't know that it was all like, seemed really scary and on the brink of, yeah, of losing control. And it's like, mm, yeah, you were really anxious. Well, things, <laughs> yeah. that, things that aren't happening to us every day, like insanity or death, that we know are at some point, you know, we know at some point we're going to die, but we don't know when. We have no control over that whatsoever. We know there's a tiny minute possibility that we could go insane because we hear that people can go insane. But again, it's this, for me, it's very much, it boils down to the same things that I always say with fear is it's the uncertainty, it's the unknown, and it's feeling like we have no control. Because actually, if you were in going insane, you probably wouldn't have the faintest idea that you were going insane. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and if you're dead, you're dead. You're not too fussed. It's like, you know, for me, it's the things that we worry about. It's like, actually, if we were in those situations, we probably wouldn't care less. No, it's like our family would be like, please see a doctor and go on medication. Yeah, like, I'm happy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's my friend who had, uh, he was struggling with OCD and he asked his therapist, well, how do, how do you know I'm not a serial killer and all this stuff? And he's like, serial killers don't worry about becoming serial. Serial killer, exactly. And it's, you know, and it's often like, if you're questioning your sanity, yeah. you're not you're, you're pretty secure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that again is a nice way to end it, isn't it? If you're questioning your insanity, you're not insane. Yeah. And that can just be a signal of like, wow, I've kind of like gone into the wormhole of my, like I'm, I'm taking it too seriously. They kind of take a step back. Cause I know that you don't need to think your way out of there. And you have, uh, you and I have both shared how much we overcomplicated it. And if you are in that heightened state where it feels like you're losing control as best as you can be where you are and let your thoughts go. And, and sometimes I'll picture like metaphorically, like backing out of a room, like, Oh, I, I've gone in there and, and it, and it's cause sometimes my thoughts are going and they have a momentum and it would be more work to try to stop them, you know, like, and so I just kind of step back, which I, it might sound weird, but I, and then eventually they lose their momentum and they flow. And do you know what's so interesting, Lily? I, will you step back and sometimes I step back, but also sometimes I find it helpful to step towards. So mm. when it was all that thing about Tourette's, what eventually soothed me was going oh if I did get it it's not going to be the end of the world I'd have to adjust and it was almost like stepping into it yes you know then I'd 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 adjust would uh, you know would would my life be over no it wouldn't yeah yeah I know we're ending it but I had one thing that made me think of it because I was thinking of you actually because it was you would watch that movie on with the person with Alzheimer's, but I was watching a movie with this Billy Crystal had dementia Mm -hmm. and I was on the plane, which sometimes already I feel more emotional, but it was like, I really felt the emotion in my heart. And I was thinking I had not worried about dementia before. Um, And so I was, uh, you know, doing what minds do, making it personal, imagining myself having dementia and thinking I cannot take this. And I like look over at my boyfriend and I was like, 
like we were on the plane and I was like crying and he's like just don't watch it but I was like I was like I'm watching it and yes. it was totally fine if I did it but it's like I'm in it now I'm in it I'm in the thick of it yeah and it's kind of what you said I stepped into it and and what came was this deep knowing that I would be okay you know yeah I, I don't you know part of me was like google how to prevent dementia, you know, like, and I was like, no, maybe it's going to like, like, what can I do to keep my brain healthy? And so I was like, you should start new activities. I'm like, no, that's Alzheimer's. I did, I've never Googled how to prevent dementia, but I came to that similar place, you know, in the midst of, in the span of the hour that I watched this movie where my heart was aching and I was to knowing, I don't know who knows what's to come for my life and that I will be okay, no matter what. And that's how I feel all the time, whenever I hear anybody, and it's sometimes it's right fast away. Like I heard a woman who was like losing her sight and I was like, mm, oh yeah, I'll be fine with that. Like, and it's, sometimes it's faster and sometimes I'm, I'm not prepared, but it, it is knowing we have this wisdom inside us that will guide us through and help us through anything that life gives us, that it's, we can be okay even not having this hundred percent guarantee that we're going to live to a hundred and die peaceful in your sleep. And everybody that we love is going to die. They're like, okay, we can stay present knowing we can deal with whatever comes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yay. Well, I think this was great. I hope this was helpful for some people. Um, and I'm, and I also hope that you heard a little bit of the levity and the honesty that we're sharing. Cause I do know of having that fear of insanity can seem really serious and really isolating, you know, and I think that you're not alone. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say, actually, maybe give them reassurance in knowing that a hundred percent of us on this right now have been there because you and I mm -hmm. both have, and we both now can laugh about it. We can, see it for what it was and also neither of us are immune from going to those escape hatches in our mind again but you know what we'll be all right yeah yeah and I think now if I ever get there it's not cause for there were so many times when I would start it and I'd be like oh my gosh this is it you know check me into hospital I have to call my mom I can't take care of my children you know like I just seemed so incredibly scary and so I hope that this gives you some reassurance that if you, I know that maybe we didn't even do it justice of how much we were suffering. And some of it's like, I just feel so far removed, but if you are suffering, I hope that you feel so hopeful that one day you can be here on the other side, laughing and joking about your sanity. Yeah. Yeah. Cause our sanity really is just an illusion, isn't it? It's just a, another thought created reality that we take ourselves towards or away from with our thinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we all have mental health inside us right now. Just some of you might not know how mentally healthy and perfect you are. Yeah. Or perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. What a way to end. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lily. And thank, thank you me. everyone for listening. Take care. Bye.